Hey y'all, it's Jesse. We're working on a brand new batch of episodes coming to you throughout the fall. So, in the meantime, we're resurfacing an amazing episode with Rick Martinez, author of the New York Times best-selling cookbook, Mi Cocina, Recipes and Rapture from My Kitchen in Mexico. Not only will you fall in love with him, but you'll love his recipes and stories from his travels even more. Here's the episode. I am Rick Martinez. I am a cookbook author, YouTube video host, and I don't know if it's necessarily a secret passion. Maybe a few people know about it, but I love outdoor showers. Being outside in the beautiful air, presumably sunshine, sometimes stars. If you can be by a beach, even better. But letting that water hit you without an absolute care in the world that anybody is looking at you or judging you or anything, just being at your most vulnerable, but also your most free is absolutely one of the most liberating feelings. And I absolutely adore it. Uh, So much so that I am actually planning on building an outdoor shower on my roof because I need that experience in my life a lot. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that skips the formalities and asks chefs and wonderful cooks the question, what is your one recipe? The one that never fails, the one you actually look forward to making again and again. This week, we're talking international food tours with Rick Martinez. If you don't know him from his video series with Food 52 and the Babish Culinary Universe, then get with the times. I'm joking, I'm joking. He's an award-winning food writer and recipe developer, and most recently, he's the New York Times best-selling author of Mi Cocina, Recipes and Rapture from My Kitchen in Mexico. I've loved following along with his travels as he researched the book, so I'm excited to catch up with him now. Hey, Rick, it's so good to have you on the show. Jesse, it's been so long. Thank you for having me. I know, it's been way too long. I'm already trying to, like, book my flight so I can come visit because it's it's more than time. Yes. Okay, so Rick, you have kind of done this thing that so many people dream about doing but never actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, You moved to Mexico. How how was it? How was the process of getting the new place set up? It was really scary. You know, and and it was also something that I never really thought about. I've lived in, or I had lived in New York for 20 years. I love New York. I never imagined that I would live anywhere else. I was getting tired of the cold winters. And then lockdown started in the U.S. and it started to get really bad. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to have to lock down somewhere, I'm going to go find a beach and just go there. And the nearest beach to where I was was Mazatlan. It's the first city on the open Pacific Ocean just below Baja. And... It was about an eight-hour drive, and I found an Airbnb. I rented it out for three weeks, thinking, I'll stay there for three weeks. I'll work on the recipes for the book, and the pandemic will end, and then off I go back to, you know, normal life. Um, Yeah, that never happened. (laughs) And (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) No. And again, you know, I didn't think that it was going to be a permanent situation. And what ended up happening is because I was developing all the recipes there and I was in an Airbnb, which wasn't an equipped kitchen, I had to buy bowls and measuring cups and spoons and just essentially an entire kitchen. That was the beginning of March. By June, I had like a smoker and a charcoal grill and kitchen aids and food processors and... I was like, this is insane. Like, what am I going to do with all of this shit? And I thought, okay, I can either get a storage unit, but then that seems dumb because, like, when am I going to come back and use this stuff? 
shipping it back to New York seemed foolish because also I had all this stuff already in New York and I don't have a giant apartment. So I was like, jokingly, I'm like, haha, or I could just buy a house here. <laughs> and there was a house that I passed by every morning on my way to the Mercado. And I would pass by it every morning. I would look in and I would think, wow, this would be so cute to like just own a house right by the beach. And it turns out that the owners lived in Harlem near like six blocks away from my apartment. And their parents were Mexican and they also lived in Mazatlan. And so they were doing commuting. Yeah, I know. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) So I walk into this house and I was like, okay, well, I want to buy this house. Oh my God. And that's how it all happened. But I remember my first day in the house, I was like, this could very well be the dumbest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. But it turns out it was the absolute best thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm so glad. So now that you have the dream home set up, the dream kitchen designed perfectly to your tastes and your needs, I gotta know, what is your one recipe? Ooh, so my one recipe is rajas con crema. Rajas are um, charred poblanos. And they're they're commonly used in a lot of dishes. Uh, charring is a cooking technique that's very common throughout Mexico. Um, typically, it is done with chilies, sometimes dried, sometimes fresh, uh, but also tomatoes, tomatillos, onions, garlic. Uh, basically, you can char anything and then use that to blend a sauce. So the rajas I've had in tamales. So you would basically char a poblano. You might char other ingredients and then fold that into masa and make a tamal. In this particular dish, you char the poblanos, char and then caramelize the onions, and then you create a cream sauce with Mexican crema, which is very similar to a creme fraiche. And it is... So I was thinking about this today. Like, to me, this dish is so incredibly comforting. It is like a big, warm hug from your mom. Which is ironic because my mother never actually made this. So like this, <laughs> I would say that this dish reminds me of home and it sort of does, except that I never ate it until I got to Mexico. It's just got like this really nice, almost like cream gravy kind of texture. And I knew of this dish. I just had never had it before. And to be honest, like I kind of thought in my mind, I knew what it was and that I, it wasn't high on my list of things to, to try. And then there was a place that I went to in Durango, which is in the northern central part of the country. And I went to a restaurant and they served it kind of like banchan style. Like, you know, a whole bunch of little little bowls came out and there were just little things in each bowl. And the rajas con crema, like, I didn't really know what to do with it. Like, I was like, is this, am I supposed to eat this like a salsa or am I just supposed to like shoot it? (laughs) Like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? And then I just kept asking for more and more because, like, it was, you know, maybe, like, a quarter cup. But it was so good. And those poblanos were actually super spicy. So you could have easily used it as, like, a salsa-like oh. condiment uh, to add some heat to whatever it was you were eating. But it was so incredible. Like, uh, the combination of that charred, kind of smoky, roasty chile with the sort of the the creaminess of the, the crema, such oh a great combo. gosh. So it's already like a little spicy, a little sweet, very, very just like smoky and comforting all around. A hundred percent. 
And then you put it in a flour tortilla and it's like, it takes it to this whole new level. Okay. I need you to just walk me through it because I, I gotta know more. I mean, it's actually super simple. Like you basically turn all four burners on in your house, mm-hmm. in your, on your stove, or it, this works great on the grill too. And basically you just put two poblanos on each burner and you turn them every couple of minutes until they get really nice and blackened. Stick them in a plastic bag, let them steam for a good 15 minutes, then just brush off all of the, the charred skin and then seed them, stem them, cut them into strips. Meanwhile, you are sauteing some onions, garlic, and butter, and then you add the crema, you throw your poblanos in it, and then a little milk to thin it out, and, and you're good to go. So so you also said something really interesting, which I love and want you to explore a little bit more. Why do you prefer flour tortillas for this recipe? You know, it goes back to the home thing. So, you know, my my mother made flour tortillas when I was little, up until the point when they were being commercially carried by grocery stores. And then we switched over to grocery store tortillas, which suck. Like, they're horrible. They're, like, <laughs> legit horrible. You know, so to me, like, you know, I have very fond childhood memories of my mother making tortillas. I could hear the sound of her wooden rolling pin hitting the marble on the counter. I could smell the cooking flour dough on the uh, the comal. And then I would just like go up and I would stand next to her and like eat them as she pulled them off the stove and she'd get really mad at me because <laughs> I was just like eating <laughs> our dinner essentially. But um, I just wanted them in in a flour tortilla and, and made tacos. And actually, I'd never seen that before. I mean, any, you know, anywhere else in the country, I mean, I'm sure people do it. But when I put it in a flour tortilla and I was like, this is so good. And like, it didn't need anything else. Like, you know, taco fillings in Mexico aren't necessarily completely balanced in terms of sweetness and acidity and spice and all those things because you always put a squeeze of lime you always put cilantro and a little bit of raw onion you're always putting other things other salsas on top so you achieve the balance by the sum total of the ingredients the unique thing about this dish is that it was already a little spicy. It was already a little sweet from the the caramelized vegetables. It had a creaminess and, and a moisture content that allowed you to eat it easily because of the crema. And it was self-contained in a, in a tortilla. So it was kind of just great by itself. And so I was like, wow, this is like literally the perfect taco. It sounds so, so good. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your tortilla rules are for when you choose to use flour versus when you choose to use corn? You know, it's it's all really a matter of, of personal preference. There are no hard and fast rules in this country. I mean, th- think about it like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just bread in the U.S., right? Like there, there might be times uh, when sandwich bread is appropriate. Like if you're, you know, if you're making a, a, a Tuesday night lunch grilled cheese sandwich, I'm perfectly fine using a good sandwich bread. Uh, but then there are the days that you want like a nice crusty sourdough boule or, you know, maybe you want focaccia, or maybe you want, um, you know, a croissant. And I think that's the way to think about it, you know, because they're very different things, and they have very different flavors. So it's really a matter of personal preference. Now, that said, in the northern part of the country, corn does not grow as easily because of the climate. So wheat is more available. And so the majority of the states in in the northern part of the country eat flour tortillas. And then Everywhere else uh, in the South where corn is easily grown, corn tortillas are king. And one of my favorite things about your flour tortilla recipe is that it has a little secret ingredient in there, a little bit of baking powder. 
and a little bit of milk to tenderize. Can you tell us what these, you know, not so secret ingredients do for the the recipe? (laughs) Well, where I live, and actually many parts of Mexico, it's basically just flour, water, and fat. In parts of Nuevo Leon, and then certainly in Texas, in central Texas, where I grew up, a lot of people use a little bit of leavening. And what that does is it basically makes your tortilla puff up a little bit more. And so in a traditional tortilla, the steam from the water is what gives you those little characteristic bubbles and gives you the little rise. When you add a little bit of baking Mm -hmm. powder, you get almost, not necessarily like a cakey uh, texture, but something a little bit more substantive. And so my grandmother's tortillas were actually almost like pitas, like not that quite that thick, but they were a little meatier. And I think it was because she made a lot of guisos, which are stewed meats and and stewed vegetables. And you needed a little bit more heft in your tortilla to not only like scoop them up, but also if you put them in a taco, if if your tortilla was really, really thin, it would basically disintegrate on you. And so when they're a little bit meatier, they soak up all of those juices and they hold their their form. Ulrich, I have some cooking to get to. (laughs) I I can't thank you enough. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Rick Martinez is the author of Mi Casina, Recipes and Rapture from My Kitchen in Mexico. You can find that recipe for rajas and crema, a.k.a. roasted poblano chilies and garlic cream sauce, on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Derek Ramirez, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic this week. <laughs>